0: Well, you'll recognize it as not the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Tom is off today, and I believe Monday. Uh, Cameron Mills joining you, uh, filling in for him today. Don't know who he's got filling in for him Monday, uh, Shannon, but uh, you probably do. Uh, yeah, I think Dick Gabriel is back in on Monday. Ooh, yeah, trumping Dick there. I like that. Yeah. So, um, All right, so today, before we get to uh, the Wildcat news of the day, uh, brought to you by uh, Bud Light, and the Leach Report, um, just going to give you a rundown of the show, so... Um, Jeff Shepard's going to join us on the next break. He's going to spend about fifteen minutes with us. Obvious what we're going to talk to him about. Um, I am going to ask him the obvious question. Don't expect um, the answer that you all want um, and that I want. Uh, maybe it'll come later, but uh, one way or the other, uh, I think um, Reed's going to enjoy. Is the word Jeff's been using? We are enjoying the process, so we're going to talk to him about some uh, the same stuff though, just in the same lines uh, of what it's been like uh, uh, getting going through just the recruiting process and then. Um, what it was like when the offer came down. An offer that, that I think many of us fair to say expected, uh, but maybe warily uh, so. Um, anyway, so Jeff's joining us. And then later in the show, Larry Olmstead, uh who's written a book that I'm actually fascinated to talk to this guy. The name of the book is Fans, How Watching Sports Makes Us Happier, Healthier, and More Understanding. Uh, so that'll be an interesting conversation, especially when you consider – It just seems like most Kentucky basketball fans, at any rate, just just aren't very happy when their team's playing one way or the other. So we'll dive into that a little bit later. Uh, The uh, Wildcats News of the Day, which you can find on the Wildcats News of the Day link on the Leach uh, Report.com. Let's see, we've got KSR's reporting who will be Kentucky's left tackle. Uh, Vots views, where will there be the best for Darian Kindred and Darren Rosenthal. Uh, UK football unveils roster and updated jersey numbers. And Catspaws uh, is reported to see UK offers QB an upcoming class. And then Saturday down south saying five players to consider for the 2021 Heisman. Um, that's not necessarily uh, Kentucky news, but necessarily sports news. Um, I'm actually the, the fascinating news to me all week has been this um, uh, Jalen uh, Duran. Well, actually, really the Kofi Cockburn uh information so or lack thereof of this assumption apparently many many people had um that uh the transfer from illinois was just going to come to kentucky that um antigua had spoken to him um and that i guess it was i mean and shannon you're probably keeping up with this more so than i have because i know you're doing a lot of these shows yep but it, it, it was just it turned out to be an assumption that everyone seemed to believe and then his announcing day is today um, and most people are now saying Wednesday it was Kentucky. You were hearing from everybody, and as of right now, it's he's going back to Illinois.
1: Yeah, that's everything that I've heard so far. Uh, yeah, we got the announcement of when the announcement was going to be, but it looks like uh, Kentucky is no longer on his radar. He is now returning to Illinois.
0: Well, I even heard from some of the other day, and now listen, this is not inside information, folks, so don't know if it's true. Probably shouldn't be saying it because I guess it's just in, just in hearsay, but that Calipari never had spoken to him, which I can't imagine on one way or the other. I get Antigua speaking to him. He was his coach there for two years at Illinois, but if Calipari hasn't spoken to you, then I'm not sure why either party would be interested. Uh, so I, I just think there's a lot to do about, well, Antigua obviously coming to Kentucky, that opens up the door um, as well, and so why wouldn't he? Come here. So, either way, um, I want to talk about this further uh, later in the show, if we have time, and we may not because of our two guests, Uh, but I will say this, this this is a lesson for all of us in, let's say, tempering our expectations or at least understanding that um, what may make sense for us doesn't necessarily make sense for somebody else, and that has everything to do with Reed Shepard. Look, I, I believe he's going to be a Wildcat. I can't imagine him not accepting that offer from Kentucky. He is, as of right now, he is um, leaving his recruiting open, um, and I know a lot of UK fans are just hoping, and wishing he would just go ahead and shut it down and say, I'm going to Kentucky. Um, I believe he ultimately will, and that's not based on anything I've talked to Shep about. It's just uh, I believe he will, because I just can't imagine him not. Uh, but what makes sense to me may may not make sense to, to Reed, and uh, I know Reed to be very thoughtful, very um, a, a very um, thinking young man, and he... There may be something else that he's interested in. It may not be playing as it was for his dad and I. It may not be playing basketball for the Wildcats. But I just can't imagine that. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Uh, Let's get to our first break. uh, And we'll come back and uh, Jeff Shepard will be joining us. This is Cameron Mills filling in for Tom Leach on the Leach Report.
2: It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones.
0: Welcome back to the Leach Report. Cameron Mills filling in for Tom, who is off today. Uh, joined by uh, former teammate and uh, friend Jeff Shepard, uh, whose son, um, about a week or so ago—no, actually about a week ago. Um, Made uh, big news across the state, and what a lot of uh, Kentucky fans were just hoping and waiting would happen, and that was he didn't do anything other than just be himself. Kentucky came through with an offer uh, for, I believe, was it Shep, the 2022 year, 2023? He's class at 2023. 2023, so there you go. So uh, the offer came, and so I'm going to go ahead and ask uh, the question, Shep, and you do your best to weasel out of answering this. Um, when will Reed accept the offer from the University of Kentucky? <laughs> Well done, Cam.
3: Thank um, you. Is there are there any kind of like journalistic rules in just kind of easing into an interview, like Tom Leach has masterfully done over so many years, or you, are you not aware of those?
0: Well, if 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 um you were someone I did not know and um I, w- I was just meeting on the air right now. I might have fra- rephrased that a little bit more delicately, but let's be honest, that's all anyone across the state cares about right now. So let's just get to the point, and you go ahead and give me your – I mean, I know what you're going to say, but I want to hear it out of your mouth.
3: Well, you, you know, all jokes aside, it, it's one of the things that makes Kentucky basketball so special is uh, for a long time, uh the the conversation surrounding reed was w- will kentucky offer will kentucky right. offer and um uh when when they offered the the answer was or the the question was answered so we move on to the next question <laughs> right right and and but that but that's what makes kentucky basketball so great and it's it's kind of like it it, it never stops and nope. that's that's awesome uh you know Kind of even when we played, you know, how will they do this year? Will they win a national championship? Oh, yeah. As soon as the question is answered, then the next question is, will they win yeah. it again next I year? I mean,
0: if there weren't any more and questions, then, we this this show probably wouldn't exist. I know mine wouldn't have ever had. There's, Tom, there's nothing yours, to talk yours,
3: about. Yours definitely wouldn't have. But Tom, Thank you. Tom is on a whole nother level, as you know, Cam. <laughs> fine, so fine, but but <laughs> <laughs> no, it is it is great, and it, it is a thrill, and. Uh, I I don't have the answer to that, and that's not a cliche answer uh, because Stacy and I, as parents, are are trying to help Reed kind of get his arms wrapped around everything and and put a process in place. Uh, But we're not going to do that right in the middle of of, uh, playing these very important basketball games in July. Uh, I've, I've mentioned before, boy, a lot of this happened a lot faster than yeah. we thought we we thought that this kind of full july live evaluation period would would play itself out and then at the end coaches would then say oh okay yeah he did this in birmingham and he did this in omaha and he just did, did this in indianapolis and then these other kids did this and that and no that hasn't happened uh it just kind of came with a flurry and uh and that's okay. uh, so it's, It's been a lot of fun. It's been very eventful. And, um, you know, I don't have an answer to your your question, and I don't even know. um, You know, we don't even have a process to to attempt to put the timing to his decision for for college yet. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, We're just trying to enjoy today.
0: Well, let's talk about how fast it came, because you and I have talked a few times, um, and you you would always tell me, okay, you know, because recruiting is very different now than it was when you and I played. Um, in how the coaches communicate, how they're allowed to. It's, it's much more, I don't want to say regimented, but maybe it is. Um, and so you had kind of said, okay, here's when this happens. Here's when this tournament is. Here's when this, um, uh, you know, it, things go back live where coaches can watch. And then you had kind of said, okay, here's what I think is going to happen. And it's just what you explained that you thought, let's get through the summer and, um, and we'll, and then we'll see what offers are there. And, and that's happened way too fast. So, what does it say, though? I mean, what, what does it say to you that these coaches are seeing him play once, Calipari's case, saw him play once, so his assistants had seen him play more, and said, nope, offer. What, what does that say?
3: Uh, well, it, it's we're very thankful, number one. Um, you know, for Reed, it's, it's, it's just really, really cool. I mean, yeah. no matter, put our background uh, aside, put my background and Stacy's background uh, aside, you know it doesn't matter uh who you are when the university of kentucky uh reaches out to you and says we're interested in you playing for our program it it is very cool and to have that that come uh to read uh even though we we uh had been hearing a little bit from the coaches and yeah. thought that, you know, they would give him a fair evaluation. And, um, you know, we've been watching Reed our whole life, obviously. <laughs> and, and, uh, thought that he was, uh, you know, doing good and progressing well. And, and you know, could provide some things to a college basketball team <laughs> that, uh, are a value. Yes. Uh, it, 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 still comes as a shock and it, it, but it's, it's a good thing. Um, The process, though Cam, has has been crazy because you know every every college has a different process. Yeah, some have some have offered and haven't even seen them play. I know, I know. And so so it's just a different world now. I think a lot of offers uh, come basically to say, "Hey, we're interested in you. Here's an offer, and we want to start the recruitment process." Yeah, whereas maybe when we were going through it, it was a full evaluation and kind oh, of yeah. final thing was it was an offer.
0: Yeah, because they wouldn't I on some level, you'd get maybe a letter if they were thinking about you. But, you know, it wasn't a offer. And then, all right, now we want, we're we now we're going to do our best to get you to come over and meet you. I mean, it, they seem like they go through. But look, at some point, it speaks to everything he's done to summer. Um and everything he did last year and I know when I had you on my show we talked about this but I want to talk about it a little bit more. Talk about what Reed did during COVID. What what he had access to and I don't mean the gym necessarily. I'm those two players um and and what he committed himself to last year that is he was already a fantastic player and was already going to be um a division 1 athlete but he went up a notch or two if not several uh during the COVID pandemic.
3: He did. And what was really cool about, uh, Reed's decision to kind of, uh, crank it up another level from a work ethic standpoint and starting to kind of work on his body and work on some of his weaknesses and that kind of thing is that it it came from him. And, uh, you know, it's one thing when, when, when dad's saying, hey, let's go, let's go to the gym and let's shoot some and, you know, and what do you think about going and, you know, (laughs) playing in this camp and doing all this stuff. But when it comes from the player, when it finally clicks and it comes from the player, and now all of a sudden his alarm clock's going off at 5.30 and 6 in the morning, and, he, and he's waking up and, and and getting a workout in and, and eating through the day better and then, you know, trying to recover and doing some other workouts in the afternoon. But, but it's coming from him, and, you know, that's important because a lot of people have asked, well, you know, what about him being burnt out and is he overdoing it and all that? And that's, that's something you, you definitely have to evaluate. But when it comes from the athlete and, right. and the motivation is, is an internal motivation from the athlete, and that, that gets me really, really excited. And I think he's enjoying uh, some of the fruit of that, that labor and that commitment. Uh, but at the same time, Cam, he's just a he, he, God has given him some 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 talent and some abilities. Thankfully he's got some some pretty good height. He's about our height now. Mm. And uh, he's got a really good mama. I mean it's that simple. You all yeah, you, know, you it's gotta true. do is, you know, marry the right girl and you know and, and I've
1: learned that. Just like this.
0: Yeah. 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 You're you're yeah, you're yeah. my role model in that way. Um <laughs> what so all right what are you okay so I know it's Reed's decision. You made that very clear to me. You you and Stacey are helping him but what are um, what are you and Stacy like hoping for? Just in a college, what are you all looking for more than anything? And answer this real quickly, and then we're gonna take a break and come right back.
3: Yeah, we want uh, a big smile on on Reed's face, and we don't want it to be a fake smile. And, and he's our son, and we know uh, what a fake smile uh, looks like. So we want his eyes to be happy as well. we we, we want him to. Have uh, make the decision that, that he wants to make and um, so what does that look like that is a great question and we're going through this for the first time as parents so we're yeah. definitely not the experts in this um, but we're going to tackle it just like we tackle everything for our children because that's all that we know how to do we're going to pray about this we're going to love all of them we're going to surround them we're going to tell them to enjoy every single moment of it, be thankful every single day, and uh, hopefully through us just being ourselves, uh, it, it will empower him to eventually make the, the right decision that he needs to make.
0: Perfect. All right, we're going to get to a quick break. Jeff's going to hold through the break, and we'll talk to him a little bit more about uh, Reed's recruitment and uh, just Reed Shepard as general. We'll be right back. Cameron Mills filling in for Tom Leach on the Leach Report.
2: You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, and visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the Cats.
0: Welcome back, Cameron Mills, filling in for Tom Leach on the Leach Report today. Joined right now by former teammate and friend Jeff Shepard, uh, obviously talking about the offer that came from University of Kentucky to his son Reed, uh, who is in the class of 2023. Um, Shep. Uh, you were given you've been through this, granted, twenty years ago, but you've been through this, uh twenty five years years ago, I guess, for your recruitment. But you've also been a college player at a very high level. You've won two national championships. You know exactly what he's getting ready to go through, whether he goes to Kentucky or not. So what is like if when you and Reed are sitting down and you're just talking, right, and, and, and let's say it is a it's you're not just hanging out, right? It is a father-son moment and you are hoping to impart wisdom and maybe it's something specific he's going through maybe it's a general thing that you just you're constantly preaching to but what is that thing what is that one thing that you're like you know what this is this is what i'm trying to convince you of right now
4: yeah uh
3: i guess the best way to answer that is earlier uh in the spring as soon as the high school basketball season was over and uh we 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 lost to your central panthers again down there and Mm-hmm. And Corbin, and, and, uh, you know, that, that, was, was, a third that year, was a tough Third year in a row, right? And third year in a row? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and, uh, they, um, uh, so, you know, that, that, that's, that's a tough way to, to, to end, um, well, mm-hmm. any, any high school, you yeah. know, uh, season ends, uh, either with a loss or a state championship. And so right. that's a, that's a tough way to end, uh, the season. And as we were transitioning into travel ball, we had a, a, a real serious conversation. And it all revolved around having fun. Yeah. I said, Reed, you know, unless I'm missing something and unless you, you just completely blow this, uh, you're going to have an opportunity to play college basketball somewhere. <laughs> uh, there's, there's enough interest. That, so, so you know that, right? Uh, yes, I I know that, Dad. Okay. Well then all the pressure's off. Yeah. L- let's me and you go have a blast yeah. this summer and this spring. And let's travel and let's play ball games and let's get ready for those ball games and let's take those ball games serious. But, you know, when What's we're in Indianapolis and we're in Houston and we're in Charlotte yeah. and you know, we're in Omaha right now, let's have a
0: blast. And and that's what we Shut have up, I got done. about fifteen seconds, bud. Yeah. All right. I, sorry, so, sorry to cut you off, man. But and we got a hard out. I got to get. it. Chef, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, I'll talk about this on the other side of the break. Uh, Jeff Shepard joining us on Leech Report. Cameron Mills filling in for Tom Leach.
2: Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. Welcome back to the Leach Report.
0: Cameron Mills filling in for Tom Leach today. Let I me. Mean, Apologize to uh, everyone listening and especially Shep for having to uh, end my conversation with him the way I did. Sometimes those uh, hard outs sneak up on you, and that's what happened that time. I should have prepped him for it and told him we only had a minute when we had a minute instead of 15 seconds when we had 15 seconds. Because I love the way he was answering that question, too um because it's just, you want what you want to hear so um larry olmstead joining us now larry uh, graduate of georgetown university dartmouth college and and larry i, we, I think we got to talk about this at some point um was uh, awarded the, the 10 most extreme u.s journalists now based on the books you've written i don't find your topics that extreme so how did you land that that uh title
4: uh, well, the first uh, major book I did was one about the history of the Guinness Book of World Records, and I personally broke three records to see how it was done and you know do some research for the book. So that's really what got me into that list, I think.
0: <laughs> so that's uh method method acting kind of stuff, then, right? You exactly. throw yourself into the into Part the actual knowledge
4: journalism we call it. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Well, uh, Larry, your new book, uh, that, uh, looks like it came out a couple months ago is called Fans How Watching Sports Makes Every Makes Us Happier, Healthier, and More Understanding. You can find it at Amazon.com. Um, I, this actually interests me because as I look around at this state, especially last year, when the Kentucky Wildcats were having a, a record breaking horrible season, okay, something we haven't had here, uh, had that many losses in our basketball season in over a hundred years. Um, our fans weren't very happy. And to be honest, it seems like, based on social media um, uh, peruses, that even after wins, they're not necessarily happy. They've always got something to say. They're always not happy with this or that. So how is it that's being a fan? Because I, your title is interesting. It says it's not sports can make us happier. It's being a fan of sports. How can being a fan of sports make us happier?
4: Yeah, well, sports psychologists and, and non-sports psychologists have have studied fans quite a bit and found about two dozen mental health factors that sports fans enjoy at higher rates than non-fans. Things like uh, lower rates of depression and higher self-esteem, all you know, all considered positives. And while there's a lot of different, you know, uh, p- benefits that they find to being a sports fan, they all basically come from the same thing, which is the sense of, of community mm-hmm. that you get when you're a fan, whether it's college or pro. Um, humans, you know, are tribal animals by nature. It's in our DNA since cavemen days. You know, a bunch of us get together around the fire. We form, you know, towns and tribes and communities and societies, and we want to... Th- feel that we belong to something bigger than ourselves and, and there's no easier way to do that than by being a sports fan you don't have to you know apply or pass a test or pay any dues you just you know put on your wildcats hat and even when you're not at the game you walk in the supermarket you see other people you make eye contact yeah you and i were connected because we're both fans we're a member of you know whatever, fill-in-the-blank nation. That's right. what we call our team, you know, fans here in the U.S. We don't do that for, like, Harry Potter because, you know, there's no Harry Potter nation, though there's fans, because sports fandom is such a big thing.
0: Well, why, why is that? Because I, I was watching an interview you did with someone else earlier about this book, and you, you mentioned uh, particularly, you know, you, you love Star Wars. Um, so it it will, this, these 20 things or so that all sports fans share – Um, that that doesn't necessarily transfer over to being part of that group that, whether it's Trekkies or whether it's Star Wars or whether it's Harry Potter or whether it's a gardening group. I mean, it doesn't necessarily transfer over?
4: No, not really. It can, but you have to take it pretty extreme. I mean, first of all, you know, one of the things is, is uh, when I, if I watch a Star Wars movie on my couch by myself, I know I'm watching a movie by myself. But when you watch a sporting event, I watch a, a Bills game, I'm a Bills fan, you know, I, you feel like you're transported to the game because you're seeing, you know, the audience, you know, people think they're watching the game, but they're really watching the arena. And the yeah. arena has 50,000 people in, you know, Bills jerseys or Yankees hats or whatever it is that are constantly in your view. So you're reminded that you're you don't see the audience when you watch a movie on TV. So you're you know you're constantly reminded of that, and then you all but also you know there's no gather. You, I mean, there are you would have to go to like a Star Trek convention, you know, right. kind of thing to get the feel of going to a game, and not as many people wear you know a Harry Potter or Star Wars T-shirt when they go out as wear sports paraphernalia. You see, you know, <laughs> I walk through an airport, half the people seem to be in like NFL and NBA jerseys.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, it's just interesting because even like in the last twenty years or so, with the with the coming on of social media, you can, form, you can find your people there. You can find your people before that in, like, chat groups and stuff like that uh, but because everything is about, well, who do I belong to? Um, but your book, it's not just fun, and, and get to, I'll to i save the, the understanding part to last because that's the part that I find most interesting. But what about the health part? What is being a fan, how can being a fan help with our health?
4: Yeah, well, I mean, they they know, you know, from studies that sports fans are more active than non-fans. The question is, is why and how does it correlate? Because you might just, you know, choose to become a sports fan because you already are active and you like, you know, you grew up, you know, playing football or baseball, so you're a sports fan, but you're already active. So I tried to look into examples of how just being a spectator could actually transform you into a kind of healthier, more active person. And there's something called the participant effect which is, yeah, where you're inspired by some sport you watch on TV to actually go out and do it. And there's been a lot of examples historically. Lance, what they call the Lance Armstrong effect is a really big one. Nobody cared about cycling. Lance made it popular. A lot of people then took it up. Tens of thousands of Americans still you know, do charity rides and cycle avidly simply because Lance Armstrong was on TV. Uh, golf has had a lot of that participatory effect. But the big one is the Olympics. Every two years, like clockwork, gym memberships shoot up, enrollment in fitness classes after the Olympics. People find it really inspiring and decide to get into shape. And then also the new sports that are showcased every time at the Olympics always see big bumps. It happened with uh, triathlon and beach volleyball. And this year, the two new sports are surfing and rock climbing, and the rock climbing is indoors. So people are going to see that on TV, most people for the first time, and be like, oh, I'd like to try that. And hey, I can because there's a gym in my city, and you can do it any time in any weather and give to try so um yeah there's, there's there's a you know it's not every sport you don't watch nfl football and say hey i'm going to go out to right. and get hit by some big guy
0: <laughs> yeah um so this, the, the, the last thing understanding and that's the thing i was most interested in because it it seems obvious but what is the actual connection
4: well you know sports has played sports fandom has played a really big role in the social progress of our country you know most notably the civil rights move movement uh, you know, uh, I think most famously Jackie Robinson, but also a lot of other, you know, um, players along the continuum. And that, you know, segued into the women's rights movement and the LGBTQ rights movement and now the social justice movement. And a lot of studies have showed that, you know, the changes that happen, like when Jackie Robinson breaks the color barrier, it actually has a transformative effect on the fans. They become more tolerant and more understanding and what I would consider better, better people. So, um, you know, and that, and in sports fandom that you know th- that is often ahead of the curve. I mean, Jackie Robinson and transformed baseball was more than a decade before what's considered the start, the beginning of the civil rights uh, movement in America.
0: Um, so well, I tell you what, uh, Larry, can you do me a favor? Can we, we got a break we need to get to. Can you hold through the break? And I got a couple more Absolutely. questions for you afterwards. All right, thank you. Absolutely. All right, with another break, uh, Cameron Mills in for Tom Leach on the Leach Report.
2: The Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and The Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio.
0: Welcome back to The Leach Report. Cameron Mills filling in for Tom. Right now we're talking to uh, Larry Olmstead, author of Fans, How Watching Sports Makes Us Happier, Healthier, and More Understanding. Um, Larry, how did you come across this as an idea? Because, look, sports, I mean, there are millions, maybe exaggeration, but many, many, many sports books. On the athletes, on the history of the sport, they're, I don't know too many books about the fans, and to me, they're by far more more interesting and fascinating subject.
4: Yeah, I agree. I mean, thousands of books on yeah teams, players, coaches, um, very very little on fans, and and also in the spectator sports equation, fans are like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the participants. You know, yeah. there's eight hundred players in, in in Major League Baseball, and you know, forty million people who go to games. So. Um, yeah, I was actually at a, a, a baseball game, a Red sox Yankee game, and I saw a couple who had two small kids, and they had dressed them in these custom T-shirts with obscenities aimed at Yankees. And I looked at it and said, you know, what's wrong with these people? And my initial thought was, you know, maybe there's something about fandom that makes us crazy, makes us bad people. That would be an interesting topic. I'll research it. And as soon as I dove into the data, I saw that the complete opposite was true. You know that sports fandom was beneficial, and I came to realize that those people stuck out to me because there was like thirty-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-eight right. other normal people at the game.
0: Well, so how do and how do you rectify that? And this might be a, it's probably a question for uh, many, many psychologists or psychiatrists. But the, how do you rectify those bad apples that clearly, okay? You, I, and I was alluding to it at my very first question, because really, I mean, UK fans, and this is probably just how fans are, too. I've got some buddies that are New York Yankee fans live up in Manhattan, and they are they are angry during a game. Even if a win, there's just anger that comes across on social media. Um, and it just it, it kind of stands out that, you know what, I just don't they don't seem like they're enjoying life. And so these are fans maybe taking it too far.
4: Well, I mean, there definitely are fans who take it too far, but you gotta remember that, you know, social media and talk radio are, do not reflect the way you know, people really are, and it's not just sports, it's everything, it's politics, you know, we've we've had a lot of this in the last couple of years in America, seeing people say things on Twitter that they would never say to someone in person, and it's just sort of an outlet that makes people, people their worst, whether they're fans or not, but most Americans are sports fans, about 52% of the population, which is close to 200 million people, and when you have half of the the country in a group, of course there's going to be, you know, some uh, a holes, for lack of a better word, um... And, you know, that's true of, of any large, you know, any religion, any any social group, right? There's yeah. always going to be a few bad apples. It's not because they're sports fans. It's because it's, they're some of 200 million people. Yeah. Um,
0: so where do um, – what, what is your background as far as sports go? Because I, I noticed that, again, I mentioned this. It's not sports. It's not that. It's being a fan of a team. So finding that team that you identify with for whatever reason. And I love the fact that you pointed out – you don't have to sign up. You don't have to, you know, be accepted. You can say this is who I root for and root for, and all of a sudden you feel like you're part of it. But like, what what is your history growing up as far as being disappointed or being uh, exhilarated by uh, sports and fandom?
4: You know, well, I grew up in Queens in New York. Uh, my dad would take me to Mets games at Chase Stadium uh, in in the early '70s. Is really when I started, you know, kind of watching sports. And, and that's my association, is like quality time, me, and my brother, and my dad. And, and you know, I, I've talked to hundreds of sports fans in the process of this book who have that kind of shared memory, multi-generational family time, more so than, you know, that it was baseball or football, just that it was, you know, something you did with your family and, and great memories. Um, you know, and, and, and I have very, very vague memories of, of the Miracle Mets 1969 season, mm. and ever since then, they've been pretty much a disappointment. But, um, uh, and, uh, but my personal and my... My, my hardship, my favorite sport is NFL football. My team is the Bills. No other team will ever lose four consecutive Super Bowls. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of a hard road to hope.
0: And he, even with those four Super Bowl losses, still was able to write, write a book like this. Uh, Larry Olmstead, author of uh, Fans, How Watching Sports Makes Us Happier, Healthier, and More Understanding. Larry, I appreciate you joining us today. Thanks, man. It was wonderful. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, you can find uh, Larry's book, uh, both of his books, actually. Um, actually, no, i take them back he's written three. Uh, obviously on Amazon, um, fans, how watching sports makes us ha- happier, healthier, and more understanding. And then he has also written, um, let's see if I can get it in front of me here. I don't have it, but, uh, he's written a book about, uh, the Guinness Book of World Records and then a, uh, book about, uh, food, uh, which in, just in prepping, I thought, well, that, that actually sounded a little more interesting than the fan book. But this fan book's fascinating because I don't know, Shannon. I mean, okay. He he's not here, and and I, I I don't know the data that he looked at, but during a season, and let's not count last season, okay? Last season is an outlier, obviously, for all of us in what Kentucky basketball did, but just during a regular season, do you get the sense that that people, whether, and I know he he made a point of saying, okay, on uh, Colin radio or uh, social media, um, you know, that's not necessarily people being who they are, but you just get the sense that like overall, just. Basketball, Kentucky basketball bugs them because it's not living up to their expectation
1: yeah and you know we have a very high expectation for yes. for all sports but especially Kentucky basketball around the state so yeah I think that uh, you, you know here's another thing though you got to think about too social media has changed so much for fans and you you talked about you know fans not necessarily being who they really are yeah. that's where you really see the worst uh, yeah. of fans and i I really feel sorry for Players that have to, well, they don't have to, but the, you know, most players right. want to be on social media and end up having to read some of the stuff that that fans send them after a game, and that's something that you know when you were in college it's and when I was different. in college,
0: we didn't have to deal with that. Yeah, so you but, know, there's just that much more pressure from fans that you get now. Well, and I think that's the thing that's, that's fascinating to me is the type of person that would think. You know what? In order to exercise my frustration right now, I really need to talk to the person that disappointed me tonight on that court, or at least send them a message. They need to know how I feel. Yeah. And that's the thing. It it just seems like sometimes it's like a we're so attached Our so much of our personal um, self-esteem and ego is wrapped up into how the cats play that when they don't play well, that's when I hear the stories from people saying, I haven't slept in two nights. Why? Mm -hmm. Well, we lost two nights ago. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I just it's it's baffling to me. As much as I love it, and Chip talked about it earlier, that's why we're different as as a as a program. I mean, that that craziness of some of our fans and the passion of the others. Let's let's separate them a little bit. That's that's the reason Kentucky basketball has maintained like this hundred years of tradition, and very few other programs in football or basketball or anything else have. Yeah, it's just different here at Kentucky. And unless you have grown
1: up in Kentucky, you don't get it. Yeah, It's just one of those uh, fan bases that is just unlike every other fan base out there. And for better or worse, depending on how you look at it, I think that Kentucky still has the greatest fan base, at least in college basketball,
0: of anywhere across the country. How, how do you define greatest? What does that mean to you? Well, I just
1: mean like most passionate will always be there. And, you know, like I said, sometimes when, when you lose, you get you get the negative fans that come <laughs> out. But usually, in my mind, that is the 1%. That's the loudest always, yeah. 1%. That doesn't really represent the fan base as a whole
0: well it was kind of I think Larry made a good point when he was talking about you know it's when you look at okay well this is the person saying this but you're not focusing on all the people who are not shouting for the coach to be fired right and after a season like last year under normal circumstances for a normal program um and maybe a normal coach um maybe some of those shoutings for Cal to be fired after that season would be justified but it's just not here because, well, we've got nine years based of final fours and national championships and number one recruiting classes. And uh, it, to me, that was just – last year was the one – that was the season we should have been having for the last ten years, more than likely. And I think that speaks to, to Calipari and his ability to – take a bunch of freshmen and basically get them playing like seniors by the end of the year. Most years, obviously not last year. Um, all right, so Shannon, do we need to take that final break? Yeah, let's go ahead and take break. All right, let's break. get that final break out of the way. We'll be right back. Cameron Mills filling in for Tom Leach on The Leach Report.
2: This is The Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom.
0: Cameron Mills filling in for Tom on the Leach Report. Last segment, um, just one added thing uh, Shane and I were talking about during the break as far as um, – and again, Reed's going to make up his own mind and do what uh, he feels best for him. And I, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about is going to factor into it, but maybe you will. With NIL coming in, uh, all, it's just another reason you go to Kentucky. It's not to say that the other schools that have offered him, if he went there, he could not capitalize on them as well. But if you're a Kentucky boy – and I can speak to this personally – if you're a Kentucky boy and you play at Kentucky, and you do fairly well, and remember, I, I had a fairly good career at UK. Um, I, was not, I was never the star. I was never um, one of the top players. I was middle of the road, and for most of my career, less than that. And I, I pretty well lived off all of that for the last 20, 25 years. It's carried me a long way, and that's just another benefit. It, you know, Whether it's fair or unfair, it's unfair. Kentucky basketball is just a cut above. And you can put Duke and North Carolina and the rest of them up there as well. But NIL has now started and it's long overdue. And um, I I thought about Shannon taking this whole show that direction when Tom asked me to substitute. But I thought, no, you know, the fans are tired of hearing of that. But um, it's—I'm it, excited. NIL is in, and it, everyone's talking about all the changes. And I think some of people are talking about them begrudgingly. But hey, this this needed to happen because these guys now can finally do what the NCAA and Kentucky basketball have been doing for years, and that's capitalizing off their name, image, and likeness.
1: Yeah. The only shame is that it didn't happen 25 or 30 years ago, right? For well, I, you I would even say there. maybe
0: 50 or 60. Yeah. <laughs> this, it's one of those things where I wish I wish everyone would understand that. it's out there arguing against it, that this is not the NCAA paying the players. I'm for that, too. But that's that's not what this was. This is, this is the idea that EA Sports cannot make a video game with my image and likeness in it and not compensate me. That's what this yeah, is Yeah, and about.
1: still have your name in a database, which is what EA Sports was doing in the past.
0: Yes. Could, yeah, and then making a player right. that looked just like me, my number, yep. um, everything. So, anyway, uh, Shannon, thanks for helping. Uh, yep. Thanks for Tom for inviting me, and thanks for uh, Jeff Shepard and uh, Larry Elmstead for joining us. Cameron Mills filling in for Tom Leach on The Leach Report.
2: Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show, and be sure to follow the Leach
3: Report Facebook page if you have a question.